Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Sweat the Small Stuff podcast. This is Ethan. I am here, as always, with TJ. How's it going, TJ? Holler at your boy. Uh, we are in, it's good. 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 We are in Portland. We are here uh, talking about the week in sports across the world. It's been a fairly interesting week. We actually had a bit of sports happening with UFC 249 and NASCAR, as we talked about last week. And uh, this week we have even more sports opening up. That is actually, uh, TJ, you are uh, more of a German language aficionado than myself. I believe you took uh, multiple courses in the German language in high school. Is that right? Oh, man. I took Germans one and two. So I guess technically that counts so as you're multiple the resident courses. The resident German linguist. And uh, there is... This uh, German soccer league that is making headlines because they're trying to be one of the first major sports leagues to come back from the COVID-19 pandemic shutdown. And uh, I'm looking at this name and I'm wondering if you uh, know the proper pronunciation of it before I attempt it. It is Bundesliga. Bundesliga is uh, starting play this coming Saturday. Uh, It is a, like I said, German soccer league. And uh, the players have all been in quarantine for this last week leading up to uh, the resumption of matches. They're being tested every four days as well as before their games. And uh, the players have been separated from their families for this week while they've been in quarantine so that they can play safely, I suppose. Um, You know, if they're just bashing into each other and they've all been quarantined in that much isolation, the theory is they should be good to play. Uh, referees are also being tested on a regular basis. I don't know. We've had UFC come back now. We've had NASCAR come back. This is our first team sport uh, where you know the and you're not isolated in a car or you're not just going one on one against somebody. This is like a you know scrums of twenty something players plus people on the sidelines that are going to be pretty close together. What are your feelings on this, TJ? Do you think this is Dr. Fauci approved? I don't, but no. I mean, people. The people want what they want. Um, It's Merkel approved. I can tell you that. Uh, Obviously, Fauci, uh, you know, is part of the United States administration. However, uh, Angela Merkel, uh, the German Chancellor, is that her title? That's still what they call their a minister. She's the chancellor. Of Germany. Yeah. All right. Merkel is given the okay. Uh, apparently, according to Johns Hopkins University, there have been 174,098 COVID 19 related cases in Germany as of Wednesday and 7,738 deaths. But the infection rate has come down in the recent weeks, which is given probably Mer- because they've actually been trying and, uh, People aren't protesting to get their hair cut. Yeah. Do you think uh, this soccer league coming back would prompt people to want to get out more? Or do you think it would prompt people to like be like, oh, all right. Well, you know, at least if I'm trapped inside, I have some sports to watch on TV. Do you think this is going to appease the people? Or is this going to rate like, you know, just spark like, wow, this has to be a step one in, uh, you know, the next 40-step plan to get back to normal. So let's get to step two immediately, you know. I don't see any any scenario where this would enrage anybody. 
Yeah. Um, it either people would be excited or indifferent. I don't think this this league Fair is enough. going to offend anyone. Maybe I'm trying to turn a molehill into a mountain. Oh, Die Bundesliga. Uh, Bundesliga is coming back, though. That's uh, that's something that we should choose to because it means that sports is inching its way forward, not backward at the present time. Um, but there are certain players that are perhaps moving their careers backward at this time, and that's how I'd like to transition into our NFL discussion for today. Well, before we transition, I did want to mention a couple of things regarding the uh, new... I guess environment that we live in here. I guess they. I'm still talking about die Bundesliga. Oh, okay, yeah. So Borussia Mong. Oh my God. Okay, let me see if I can. <clears throat> Borussia Mong Gladbach fans have paid for cardboard cutouts of themselves to fill the stadium if Bundesliga matches resume behind closed Whoa. doors. That's so they've got 2,000 cardboard cutouts, and these are actually like photorealistic cardboard cutouts that would be sitting in place of the fans in the stands. And I think that's really cool. That's hilarious. Yeah, I know uh, Joe Buck, the uh, NFL commentator for Fox. Um, you know, if you ever are watching a game called by Troy Aikman, the guy that's standing next to him in the booth is Joe Buck, a uh, very famous sportscaster. He uh, has... I've uh, been talking recently about rumblings that he's heard for the return of the NFL and uh, what they would do, you know, maybe trying to put in some like ambient noise, like maybe infiltrate some like fake crowd noise, you know, try not to like upset, disturb the viewer too much. Like this doesn't feel like I'm watching an NFL game. And he's also like, you know, talked about how as a precaution, like he might literally be watching the game on TV, like, everybody else but like calling the game as he's watching it on tv instead of like watching it live i i don't mean to skip around too much um from because i know we've got this outline that we generally kind of follow a little bit but spoiler alert we are going to talk about ufc 249 um and something that i got from watching that that was it kind of struck me as strange is that they still have the scantily clad women like with the the round like the ring women yeah, the, ring you know, girl. they, the, the ring girls and they still have like the really loud announcer and bruce buffer and I think his name is. The bruce buffer and then like everybody's getting really excited and like the fighters are still excited and like kind of like trying to hype up the crowd that isn't there and out of context, it all looks really strange because without a crowd, like none of these things really make any sense. The reason that the ring girls are there and the reason that like people were trying to hype up, you know, throw their arms up in excitement like that. And the reason for the big loud voices is because when these fights were taking place before television, that's how you got people excited. That's how you got the people in all the way in the back of the crowds to, to remain engaged yeah, but now none of that's again. there, and all of this is like a vestigial organ of live sports. It kind of like reminds me of how, and I know I'm like going off on a weird tangent here, but like if you open up like a Microsoft Office document, the save button is a floppy disk, but 
we're moving like forward as a society where many people who use computers weren't alive when floppy disks were still relevant. So they're clicking on this save icon. They know that this little icon means save, but they don't understand necessarily why. And so if we're still stuck in this crazy, like pandemic society where sports crowds are no longer a thing at what point do we stop with like the ring girls at what point do we stop with the really loud voices because who who is it for anymore and uh the tv yeah that's i think bruce buffers like energy you know like i don't know that that went places you were at home man that's who it's for but uh you know, we can uh, we can skip ahead and let's talk about the UFC a little bit more. Let's dive into it. So it occurred this past Saturday on pay-per-view through ESPN Plus. And uh, it had a pretty solid undercard. Uh, there were a lot of exciting matchups. We saw former NFL player Greg Hardy win a heavyweight matchup. And uh, he used to play for the Carolina Panthers. And I believe uh, maybe one other team in the NFL, and then the Dallas Cowboys was the other team. And he was arrested back on in 2014 on domestic violence charges. But, um, you know, since he was... He's uh, like, man, I really love hitting people. Why don't I make this my job? Yeah, it was a really disturbing story because, like, he, he threw his uh, significant other on a bed that was, like, covered in loaded guns. And so just extremely dangerous. And um, yeah, you know, he, I don't think he played in the NFL really significantly again after that. But he uh, is now trying to make a career as a UFC fighter. And uh, he won his match. Um, I forget who he was fighting against. He fought Jorgen DeCastro. Yeah, so he defeats Jorgen DeCastro. And he actually made news um, because he said that he actually took advice from the commentator that was like talking on the sideline for the audience because like there was no crowd noise he could hear those guys commentating on like you could hear joe rogan and uh the other the other two guys that were there uh commenting on his game and i i think i want to say it was like daniel cromier or something uh but um somebody was like just giving tips like oh greg hardy should you know totally go for that leg like i think the calf's blown out and Greg Hardy heard that, and he was like, "All right, taking that advice, I'm going for it." And he helped, he like credited the no audience factor with helping him win his matchup. Greg was- Hardy's coach just in shambles mm-hmm. for not recognizing the the calf. Yeah, yeah, you're a corner man. You got to earn your keep. Another one of the undercard fights was Henry Cujo, or uh, I guess his Cajudo. Name- Cajudo. Sorry, Henry Cajudo. Uh, otherwise known as Triple C, I believe. Uh, he won the bantamweight fight against Dominic Cruz. And following the fight, he made a surprise retirement from the sport. 33 years old, he'll be uh, retiring as a belt holder, which uh, cannot make Dana White very happy. I'm sure that irked him. Uh, but hey, good for this guy if it's real. And um, we had the main event as well, which we all know we've been talking it up the last few weeks. It was Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje. I finally get that name correct because uh, I lost. Got to put some on respect it. on that name. <laughs> yeah, Gaethje is the new champ. He took down Tony Ferguson. Gaethje, Gaethje was the, uh, oh my goodness. The underdog? The underdog. There we go. 
That that is the word I was looking for. Yeah, Gaethje uh, was the underdog in the fight, and uh, he absolutely bludgeoned Tony Ferguson. It was uh, Tony Ferguson. He he took a lot of uh, got a lot of credit for standing in there through the whole thing. And, it was uh, hard to watch at times because he was just getting hit so hard in the face so many times, and he just kept not falling down. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was extreme. He, his face was really bloody by the end of it. And uh, the joke was that, like, Tony Ferguson had happened to him what Tony Ferguson usually does to other people. Like, Tony Ferguson's known as being that guy to just beat a person bloody. But, uh, hey, all credit to Gaethje. He did it to him. And now, you know, once this pandemic is died down and travel restrictions are up, you got to think that the the big fight people are going to be looking towards is Khabib versus Gaethje. So no longer is uh, Khabib Ferguson really in front of us anymore. I think that cursed fight is off the table again for a while. Um, but Khabib Gaethje may be the, uh, the new prized fight to, to look forward to. Yeah, fantastic. And I believe, I don't know what our official stats are, but this has got to put me above you in terms of the uh bet the small stuff the small time bets i I think i think this makes me officially and puts me officially in the lead it's got to for how much i love sports i am historically a very poor sports gambler um i don't know the last time i put money down but i definitely was giving out advice uh as my brother was at the mgm casino for Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder. And I told him, hey, man, you got to you gotta put some money down on Wilder. He's the champ. He, all he knows how to do is knock people down. And uh, luckily, my brother ignored that advice as Tyson Fury dominated that fight. And actually, Tyson Fury, uh, those two are in the news this week. I didn't have this on our, on our rundown here, but uh, I did see a YouTube video of Tyson Fury addressing some rumors. Um, so because Tyson Fury defeated Deontay Wilder, uh, Deontay Wilder did have the option to uh, initiate a rematch clause, which he did, stating that uh, Tyson Fury's next fight has to be against Deontay Wilder so he can attempt to get his belts back. Uh, but obviously, I mean, if you know a little bit about the boxing world, uh, now that Tyson Fury's moved beyond Deontay Wilder and taking those belts, his eyes are on Anthony Joshua the man who holds the other two heavyweight title belts in boxing. To get to that fight faster, Tyson Fury, he would have to say, convince Deontay Wilder to not, not you know, initiate that clause. And, and he I would guess, have to convince him financially, yeah, I guess, to the tune of about $2.4 million? I saw $10 million. I don't know if maybe I saw just initial rumors and then it's been negotiated down to something realistic. But the number I saw is that Deontay Wilder is demanding $10 million to take back the uh, rematch clause. And I saw a YouTube video today of Tyson Fury saying he's not going to pay him a dime. So Yeah, imagine... he's, he says, uh, I'm not paying him no money. I'd rather take his scalp again. I'll beat him in the ring, and that's how I'll get him out of the way. I'd rather give him another battering again. I'm going to take him out again for a third time, hopefully end of the year, and then we're going to go into 2021 for the biggest fight in boxing history between two undefeated British heavyweights, me and AJ. Uh, 
Weird statement because AJ is not undefeated. He's notably defeated. Yeah, Andy um, Ruiz. By Andy Ruiz in a massive upset around this time last year. I don't know. We'll see how that one plays out. But I imagine Deontay Wilder is going to have to suck it up and fight Tyson Fury. <laughs> I think he just wants $10 million to get paid to retire. I am willing to bet that he drops that number significantly lower uh, to see if he can avoid stepping back into the ring. Well, um, that's our combat corner today. Um, going into the NFL. NFL. Hey, uh, I am going to interrupt you because something love, occurred to me. You love doing that uh, in the transitions. Between, this is the perfect time to interrupt you. It's, it's in the middle. You're like, you're ab- about to say something. And I am about to say something else. <laughs> all right, go for it. So I think that we owe it to all of our listener to keep a running watch on what is happening week to week. With the WWE 24-7 championship belt. Is that the belt held by Robert Gronkowski? Robert Gronkowski is still holding the WWE 24-7 championship belt as of this time. So this is WWE 24-7 championship belt corner. This is TJB coming at you live with a brand new WWE 24-7 championship belt update. Currently still being held by Robert Gronkowski. He does, however, understand that he may lose this belt potentially at the Bucks facility. Uh, so there it is, folks. That I was, was it. Say, like, I mean, yeah, it, there's got to be almost an asterisk put on it because he's got to be like, you know, everyone's in quarantine right now, self-isolation mode. Uh, don't you think that is aiding his ability to retain the title longer than he may otherwise. Yeah, think- but I, I don't think you put an asterisk on it. He was just the last guy to get it. He's just playing playing the hand he was dealt. He it's not as if he did something to make himself less worthy of the belt. He won it, and then the world went to shit. And here we are. That's I true. don't think you put an asterisk on it. Like, uh, it's it's real. It's real. All right. All right. Well, uh, what else is real is a new story that dropped on TMZ just a couple of hours ago. This is uh, as close to breaking news as we ever really get on the podcast, even though this might be coming out a couple days later. It's breaking news to us. And uh, this is a story about NFL Giants cornerback DeAndre Baker and Seattle Seahawks cornerback Quentin Dunbar, who allegedly committed a armed robbery uh, today in Miami, Florida. New York Giants cornerback DeAndre Baker is facing four charges of armed robbery and four charges of aggravated assault with a firearm. He was the 30th overall pick in 2019. Seattle Seahawks corner Quentin Dunbar is facing four counts of armed robbery himself. Allegedly, Baker and Dunbar were at a cookout in Miami, which in itself, hey, what are you doing at a cookout during quarantine? Man? It wasn't a party. We were having dinner. Okay, Dak. All right. All right, Dak Prescott. I don't think you were in this story. Um, but uh, so they're at a cookout in Miami. Apparently, they're playing cards, playing video games, and uh, then an argument broke out. 
and Baker just casually during this argument pulled out a semi-automatic firearm. And all of a sudden, they were just demanding that everybody give them all the money in their pockets, all the watches on their arms. Um, and Baker allegedly directed a third man who is wearing a red mask. Uh, his name was not released in the TMZ article. So this, this masked individual was the only one being safe. Following yeah, the only uh, one protocol by covering up his mouth. I'm sure he was standing six feet apart from everybody while he was pointing the gun at them. Um, and he was Baker directed the man to shoot somebody who had walked into the party. But uh, reportedly, nobody was shot, thankfully. Uh, law enforcement uh, do say that the men made out with $7,000 in cash, along with an $18,000 Rolex, a $25,000 Hublot, which I don't know if it's you knew. It's Cublot. Cublot? It's I've a never French watch company and they make they make overly they make forty thousand dollar watches that tell you what time it is yeah and this one was 10 25k uh another watch company or timepiece uh i think is what they prefer to say that they create uh was Audemars Piguet. Uh, i don't know if i pronounced that correctly that might be french as well but um yeah a lot of money in uh watches and uh, a little bit of money otherwise TMZ is one of the most outrageous sources for anything ever, and I always get a kick out of kind of the casual nature of their reporting. For example, uh, the way they phrased... I'm going to go ahead and just read from the article. Uh, Cops say Baker and Dunbar were allegedly hanging at a cookout playing cards and video games when an argument broke out and Baker whipped out a semi-automatic firearm. So they could have, like, said brandished a semiotic firearm, uh, produced a semi, whipped out is the phrase that they decided to put here. And later uh, in the article, uh, one witness told cops the men were gambling again at the May 13th event when an argument broke out and Baker allegedly flipped a table and busted out his piece. So, again, could have been like, brandished another weapon like pulled out an additional firearm but no it is busted out his piece well uh yeah witnesses say that um they believe it was planned because they uh saw baker and dunbar and the other man get into three separate getaway cars that were apparently ready to go and tmz reported that they were super sick uh (laughs) as the getaway cars were a lamborghini a mercedes and a bmw uh what would spark to you know you would supposedly think wealthy nfl players to do this one very high draft pick um apparently they lost about seventy thousand dollars playing high stakes card games um and whatnot over the weekend of, of probably to these people so um apparently that's what the witnesses say like that's how they met them was gambling and then they took a bunch of their money and i guess we're like hey sorry we took seventy thousand dollars from you how about some brisket This is just such a, like, what kind of people do you need to be where your cookout includes people who collectively have $7,000 of cash on them? And, like, each person has, like, at least a $10,000 watch on their wrist. Like, who carries money anymore anyway? Uh, That's so weird. I don't know, yeah. It is odd. Uh, the watches I, I get, it's like a 
uh, status thing. I totally get that. Uh, sucks to have the potential to be robbed, but like to be carrying up that much scratch, that's insane. People do it apparently. Um, yeah, I think it's, and I think look it's what cool. happens. Look well, what happens. Yeah. Um, well, other things that that's happen. why I only pay with checks. Nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're talking. You're talking about outdated periods. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, TJ, we're in a transition period. Is there anything you'd like to add or throw in? That tone is not appreciated. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to add that right now. All right. No worries, man. All right. No, you're good. Uh, Leave that in. I want people to to see and hear uh, what kind of operation this is. Where we we don't encourage creativity and we. We try to bring people down instead of trying to lift them up. You know, I only I only break you down to bring you back up so that I can break you down. Then I'll bring you back up. I'll break you down. That's All how right. it goes. All right. Going into the NHL. Uh, one of our listeners actually forwarded this story to us, suggesting it. Heard, uh, I think, a couple weeks ago around, well, I think actually last week around like May 6th or so. Um, but... Basically, Instagram uh, exchanges in the DMs between uh, former Washington Capitals forward Brendan Lepsich and others um, were screenshotted and spread out on the internet for everybody to see. And it was very, um, how do I put this, uh, illuminating into maybe uh, this guy's what he finds to be funny. And, Misogynistic, uh, I think is yeah, the word you're looking for. I think it is. I think it is. Yeah. Apparently, there was a lot of fat shaming on there, uh, specifically towards women, even more specifically towards the wife of his former teammate, Tanner Pearson. Uh, Pearson and Leipzig played together in Vancouver. So uh, I don't know. Is it Leipzig? Yeah, I pronounce that name. L e i p s i c. Am I doing that? Justice? It's got to be Leipzig, right? Leipzig. All right. Leipzig, Leipzig. Leipzig. I don't know. I was saying Leipzig, I think. My bad. No, there's Leipzig. no H, right? It's It's got to be just sick. I have a, I just, I, I struggle getting the correct pronunciation on the first try with a lot of names. Um, so say yeah, one so more what time. I do is I just wait for you to try and uh, then I suggest the other way to say it. That's a, that's a fail safe method right there. Yeah. Leipzig. Uh, he posted an apology on Twitter for this. However, was not enough. The Washington Capitals have terminated his contract. So Leipzig is now a free agent. And um, I think it's going to take some time for him to find find some work again in the NHL. But uh, that's your NHL news, NHL corner. Uh, well, it's, it's NHL news and it's like, it's societal news. It's, it's something that hopefully will make people stop and think like maybe I don't make these types of comments even in what is perceived to be private uh, because that's not what good people do good nah. people don't talk like that or or make those types of uh, statements Ugh. yep uh, yeah just shows an ugly side of, uh, of someone's character there unfortunately um, but, uh, moving into some NBA news to, I think, close us out on this episode, uh, there was a, uh, coalition formed, I guess, of unity, um, amongst NBA stars who 
I guess got on a private conference call um, on Monday and just all made a united front that as the like stars of the NBA, they were all going to put forward a platform that they were in favor of resuming the NBA season this year. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think it would all have to be crammed like, you know, July 4th up to October. I don't know if they'd have any break before going into the next year, um, but I guess that break has been happening right now. So that's, I guess, was uh, the determination made by NBA stars that included LeBron James, Chris Paul, Damian Lillard, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, talk about names that you have to get right. <laughs> Not get right, but the Greek freak Giannis. Uh, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, and Steph Curry. They were all in a private, I don't know if it was a Zoom call, maybe this was a microphone. Maybe it's Blue Jeans. Uh, what was that? Blue Jeans is another video and audio conferencing oh. platform. Nice. I'm just, just trying to spread it around here. I feel you. I feel you. Uh, and uh, they had this conference call on some platform or another, Blue Jeans or otherwise. And uh, they established this united front. Um, makes you think, who got snubbed from this Zoom call? Do you think they, they thought, like, hey, should we invite James Harden? You know? Does Anthony Davis make the cut? Like, there are some young stars, which I get it. Maybe Carl Anthony Towns and Donovan Mitchell aren't, like, up at that level yet. But it's definitely, like, a uh, statement to guys like Jimmy Butler or Kyrie Irving. Like, hey, hey, guys. You just didn't make the call cut. You know? Is it just like people who made the all-star game? No. <laughs> I mean, there's <laughs> no way James Harden didn't make the all-star game. Yeah, I mean... This know, maybe James like... Harden just has, like, bad Wi-Fi. <laughs> maybe. Maybe James Harden's just, like, somewhere deep in Montana or Alaska and just doesn't have a signal right now. Um, but I'm surprised the guy like Chris Paul still makes the cut. Chris Paul... I don't know. We saw him play uh, this this year in a, in a game. I don't know. He's uh, he's moving a little slower these days. But, it's a good yeah. thing they involved Damian Lillard because failing to do so is just inviting yourself to be on the receiving end of a diss track. That's true. Yeah, Dame. Dame uh, Dalla NBA has rapper. been in some rap beefs, and he is not afraid to throw a limerick or an insult that rhymes. At anyone he feels is deserving. He's got his wrath. He'll come at you. Uh, another thing that's coming at us right now uh, and for the last few weeks and next week one more time is the Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance. Uh, episodes seven and eight of the documentary aired this past Sunday. TJ, did you watch them as I did? I did not. No! Oh, man. Well, let me tell you guys uh, what you're in store for. And TJ, without too many spoilers, what to let you know what these episodes cover. It's a lot about the uh, psychological um, tactics behind who Michael Jordan is, what he does, um, what has been going through his head. Uh, there's a player that he like almost bullies. Well, he does bully him like on the court. Calls him like a hoe a lot. Were they saying hoe in 1996? Yeah. I'm, it, I think... That was a very, like, brash insult. Um, and I don't know, man. Like, this guy, you interview him and, like, you interview Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan comes off, you know, like, nowadays, like, yeah, he was kind of an a-hole back then. And Michael Jordan is like, yeah, I, I picked on this guy. 
because it seems like this dude was like Butters from South Park, just like the nicest dude in the world, and you couldn't really beat him down. He was just like a blob of like, you know, of, of no positivity problems. and yeah, a blob of positivity where you try to punch him, but like then the, he just pops back out. Like, nope, you didn't really like a clown or something like one of those like annoying clowns that you try to punch, and then it like goes down and pops right back up. You know what I'm talking about? I don't, but Old you're people. really excited, so I'm gonna let it slide. Ah, all right. Um. Anyway, this guy, like, he's just like, yeah, you know, love Michael Jordan. He was always giving me tips. He always wanted me to play harder. He always had a, immense expectations for me to be as good as him. And he just never realized that it was impossible for anybody to, like, meet his expectations. And he just saw, like, Jordan's drive to, like, get everybody at his level and just being disappointed when they couldn't get to the level that he expected of them. Um, so you saw a lot time focused on kind of like how his mind works how he became like such a player that he was also focuses sadly on the murder of his father which uh, led into his retirement uh, the first retirement that he had where he went into baseball and then just took a couple of years off the two years that the uh, Rockets won the NBA championships in the 90s and then um, talks about uh, Space Jam and how he used Space Jam as a bridge coming back into the NBA and had Warner Brothers build him a replica NBA court for him to practice on. And he just invited NBA stars from all over the country to come like spend a couple weeks in Hollywood. Well, yeah, he, he needed to help them get their talent back from the Monstars. <laughs> yes, Everybody is familiar with the late 90s documentary Space Jam, where Michael Jordan helps the Looney Tunes with the help of Bill Murray to bring the talent back to the NBA. So there was uh, just some like you know footage that they had of those like practices where Michael Jordan's just going against all these '90s NBA stars in a Warner Brothers facility while he's just you know working out, acting, and just getting back into NBA shape while uh, you know acting alongside Bugs Bunny at the same time. So, crazy stuff. I definitely recommend you watch the next couple episodes and anybody else that may be listening to this podcast. Well, um, while we're on the topic of Space Jam, one of the Internet's oldest gems is that the original Space Jam website, spacejam.com, is still up and active and unchanged. Uh, So you can actually go on there and read up and just look at it's yeah 1996 is when this website went up and it absolutely looks like it uh it's a nice little time capsule that kind of lets you know where i guess coding and web design was at the time this movie came out because it's it is incredible and i'm hoping that uh space jam 2 when that is in post-production that they try to replicate or emulate just how outrageous this old school space jam website is i hope so that is, i have been on that website before not in the last couple of years but yeah that is something that gets brought up every now and then like hey have you gone onto the space jam website at all recently and just you know remembered how just blocky and uh rough to deal with the internet used to be in the 90s um I mean, there's there's photos up here. Like, I'm looking at a photo of Sean Bradley, Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, Muggsy Bugs, and Larry Johnson, just like right here. Like a little, 
very like maybe an eighth of a megapixel photo uploaded onto this website. Uh, it's incredible. Phenomenal. All right, everybody. That was uh, that's our NBA corner for you. That's our that's my recap of the last dance. TJ, get on it, man. Watch some uh, watch some NBA documentaries. All right, let's move into recommendations. Uh, let's see. I'd like to take the lead here. Yeah, do it, man. What you got? I started and finished a show on Amazon called Upload, which was written and created by Greg Daniels, who is also the creator of such television shows like The Office, Parks and Rec. Uh, He was also involved in uh, The Simpsons, King of the Hill. So the premise of the show is that this is like a future dystopian world where people have the option if they can pay to upload their consciousness onto what they call heaven which is basically like a virtual world where they exist if they have the money to afford to do so so when you die you can upload your entire consciousness onto this platform and um I guess hilarity and and a lot of drama also ensues. Keep in mind that this is not a network television show, so uh, the fact that it is on Amazon Prime means that you're going to be running into a lot of f words uh, that more than you would expect from a show creator from the creator of The Office. Right, and they're mature. It's definitely mature. There are some mature themes. There's some really strange, over the top like almost funny, like violent moments, but, uh, it's 10 episodes. They're about 30 minutes each. Super easy to just digest. Um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to, and it's been renewed for a season two. So if you get excited about it and you watch it, you won't be disappointed to learn that there will not be more to come. Excellent. Yeah. I'm actually two episodes in. I uh, just started that today. Um, uh, I wanted to recommend a Netflix show that I've, watched the new season of recently that was released on netflix it's called rust valley restorers i am uh i've in my past not been super into cars uh it's something that i've always like wanted to get into and i've actually gotten into a lot of cars nice i see what you did there Ah. all right (laughs) um but yeah you know like there there are car guys there car you know gearheads out there i've never been one of them um, but this is a show that uh, I turned on and I, it, it definitely drew me in to the cars that they were working on. And it's just restoring old classic cars that are affordable to the average man. Like that's this guy's like idea behind his restoration shop. So you see him like restoring a lot of like cars from the seventies, particularly a lot of like hot rods, Trans Ams. They do have like some like really cool older cars. Like they have an episode in season two where they, uh, restore Model T from, you know, like one of the original cars that were made uh, from Henry Ford. And uh, just dope show. Uh, really cool characters. Uh, they're just like a couple of, you know, guys that are just obviously like living their dream, working on cars their entire life and just being covered in, uh, you know, grease and just working on working on cars and just spending all day doing what they love. So really fun is it, show. Is it a show where they kind of like drum up a little bit of drama where they're like, how are we going to afford to do this? 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a little bit of that. They they definitely pump the, the pressure. Like, we got to make money to keep the shop running, you know? Uh, Which I love. Yeah. Um, I've You know, I've, I've watched shows like Pawn Stars or yeah. uh, what is I it? Yeah, um, by the history. The storage, star, storage Wars, where, you know, these characters are worried, like, I need to turn a profit as long as the audience doesn't think about the fact that I'm being paid top dollar just to be on this show true yeah the season two like cliffhanger is one of the characters being like is it time for me to make my own shop break away that that could be good good television right there yeah uh so check it out if if you feel so inclined all right everybody well that was our show for this week thank you guys so much for joining us it's been a pleasure as always and uh no matter what you do this week uh remember to take just a little bit of time and uh keep sweating Keep, 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 keep sweating.